Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Welcome to... The Peacockies. The first annual Peacockies. It is our award show, the most prestigious award. I feel underdressed. It's the most <laughs> prestigious award show ever. We thought about is there a is there a shorthand for it? Like, you know, because Peacockies are or you know, Peacock is two words, it's P and Cock, right? You know, when you put them together, Peacock, like can we call them the P's? You know, that didn't feel right, and then no. and then and then like, all right, well, we'll get rid of the P. And I just and then and then and then my producer Pete said, I, I have a wife. I have a family. Yes. Could you not get me fired? Food on the there. Connor in the, uh, the Chris Rock presenter role. Just hoping I, I want that, like uh, a little envelope when Mike I read Mike doesn't them. come up and, and punch him in the face. And the peacock right. goes to, yeah. yeah. Keep, keep, keep Will Smith's uh, wife's name. Yeah, no no wife jokes on this desk. Fantasy Football Happy Hour with Matthew Berry. Served by Applebee's. Welcome to the second annual Peacockies here at the Fantasy Football Happy Hour. I'm Connor Rogers alongside, I think, Matthew Berry and yes. Jay Croucher. Year two. Year it's two. For us. We made it I to decided, year two Yes, we made it to year two. The Peacockies, big hit. Everyone loved it. <laughs> they haven't canceled us yet. And so, uh, yeah, here I am, ready to judge, to rule. You know, <laughs> as you guys know, as you guys know, I, uh, I won the show league. My, my team, live at noon on the cock. Uh, finished first place overall. I also won bar trivia for fantasy football pregame, and I've, I've decreed, I've ruled, I've declared that I will be a benevolent leader. I will, I will, uh, I will rule fairly and justly, and so that is what I've done today with the Peacockies. Why do you look like a Dalmatian? I, I'll be honest with you. So I'll be honest with you guys. You know me. I don't like to lie to the audience. Dalmatian and a judge. So here's what happened. So I was going to get a, um, one of those tuxedo T-shirts. Yeah, it's not a tuxedo but T-shirt. No, thank you, Jay. It's not. And what happened is, is like, because, you know, I'm whatever, I'm, I'm bad with time management. I, of course, thought, well, I'll just uh, on the way in, there's a party city near me, you know, near where we, where we do the show. And I thought, well, I'll just roll in there. I'll grab a, you know. And they didn't have one. They didn't have one. They're, they're sold out. Turns out going to a party city after Halloween for a costume, not the best idea. Down season. Yeah, it's a down season for them, you know, in all seriousness. So, like, they just, they were sold out of, like, everything. I'm like, well, what, do you have this? Do you have that? Do you, what about this? And they didn't, like, and, like, like, well, do you have a judge's robe? And they're like, no, but we have a judge's wig. And I was like, okay. And they're like, and then we got this king's robe. I got a king's robe. Like and, I, and then there was a scepter. And so I sort of pieced it together. The truth of the matter is, is then they went to the king's robe, and the king's robe was actually sold out. So technically, this is a queen's robe, <laughs> is how it was sold. Yes. But, you know, listen, I'm comfortable. Um, but that's why I think the Dalmatians are, are uh, there as well. My other thought that I had was I should just buy a costume that they had left over. You know, like... Right. They, they, right. What were the options? Like uh, Ghostbusters. Right. They had, <laughs> Ghostbusters was out. They had a, they had a couple of... Uh, there was a Spider-Man. There was oh, an adult Spider-Man. Quite good. Um, there was a Mr. Incredible from the, the Disney Pixar movie. Uh, 
Mr. Incredible. That was that was about. Incredibles. That, yeah. There was also a, a like an adult kid um, Harry Potter, yeah, which yeah. I thought about as well. And then I was just like, could I make it work without the, you know, without the Gryffindor, uh, you know? Anyway, so I went through a lot. Anyway, this is what I came up with. Yep. And let this me tell is what you, what I came up with. Yep. There is no king or queen in any kingdom that would wear that without immediate <laughs> revolution. That's uh, not true. I do like your scepter, though. Thank you. It's a little scary. There are scissors on the table for some unknown reason. But uh, can I hold <laughs> the scepter? Question. Yeah, sure. Well, thank you. Hey, go ahead. There you go. You can be the hand of the king. Quite yeah. Light. Yeah. It's, good, it's, good it's not scepter. like Thor's hammer, where pretty much you don't have to be worthy to hold it. Anyone okay. can, yes. obviously, as you can see. Yeah, thousand percent. Well, anyway, you know what? Screw you guys. <laughs> screw the people. Yeah, good screw the people. Yeah. Yes, they will have a peacock. Let them eat cake or popcorn. That's right. Let them eat popcorn. Let's Let them jump right into it because we yeah, have. Let them have Dollaritas. Dollaritas for everyone. We have a lot of peacockies to give out, and starting yeah. with one that is one of the best the fantasy game of the year and let's go to the fantasy game of the year nominees jamar chase in week five with a 52 point performance against arizona amari cooper in week 16 against the texans with a 51.5 point performance devon h chan with a statement from the rookie in week three against denver with over 51 points dj moore against the commanders matthew berry in week five with a 49 point performance 230 receiving yards Finally, Christian McCaffrey against the Cardinals, who came up on this list more than once with a 48.7-point performance for Run CMC. Yeah, you know, I'll speak about Jamar Chase's game. What was exciting about that very quickly was that was the first game we were like, okay, they're back because they had struggled early in the year with Joe, uh, Joe Burrow and everything like that. And so finally, Jamar Chase with that huge game against Arizona, you're like, yes, he's back, Joe Burrow's back. Yes, the Bengals are back. Amari Cooper's game, given the timing in Week 16, was epic. Uh, just about the best game a Cleveland Browns receiver has had, and also for how surprising it was, because Flacco mania hadn't entirely taken hold then. Like, he looked competent. He also was not playing great, and then right. he had that monster game against Houston uh, where they connected on everything. So yeah. these are decided by the fans. Yeah. I want to oh, make clear. Oh, they are. This is a fan <laughs> vote. Why did I dress up then? I thought I was going to be ruling on which one was going to win. Well, your voice matters. I guess. I think you influence the fans All right, in a way, fair as enough. the king does. Devon so, H. Hans, that was the 70-point game. You know, like, so there was a lot of fantasy performances the there as well. Of it was, and I am yeah. well aware of that DJ Moore game where my commanders, formerly coached by Ron Rivera, yes. who had DJ Moore on his team for many years. Yes. If anyone in the world knew how good <laughs> DJ Moore is, it should have been Ron Rivera at home on a short week against a Bears team that I get to win. And all they did was just leave him in single coverage, leave him wide open. It was awful. And that was when you knew, you know what? This ain't our year. This I think is, the Commanders were six-point favorites in that game. Yeah, How things have changed. But they, they were two and two. I believe that was week five, right? They, yeah. yeah, they was they were two and two going into yeah. that game. And everyone was like, they're going to win. And they, they, I think they had the Giants or something next week. Like, all of a sudden, like, the schedule, like, the, the Commanders have a chance. Yeah. And then they came, and here's the, right, as six-point home favorites, Bears traveling on a short week. Blew them out of the water. Yeah, they Crushed might be them. they might be six point dogs now to that same team. How yeah, things have changed. 100%. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, who had a monster season overall, his masterpiece was that game against Arizona in Week Four. Had a pretty good game against Arizona later in the season too, but 177 yards, four total touchdowns. Brock Purdy had one incomplete pass in that game, and it was completely overshadowed by McCaffrey, rightfully so. So we will do the fan vote, okay? But to your happiness, we will do the official winner. So oh, the fans' voice will be heard first. But there's a so it's but I'm not part of that committee either. It's like the college football playoff committee. Like I can I can politic. I can you know, right. I can say who you I think should sway. win. I have sway. I thought it was you who kicked FSU out. I thought yes. Twitter. Honestly, I did. Honestly, I did. I rule, like again. I'm a benevolent leader. 
So, benevolent fair leader. Let's take a look at what the fans voted on before we get to the official winner here and the in a sweaty finish. Devon A. Chan got 36% of the fan vote. Amari Cooper, the runner-up, at 35%, guys. So this is clearly a tight race between the yeah. fans. And wow. with that... Chris McCaffrey getting no love for four touchdowns. All right. <laughs> so here we go. Let's see who's getting the uh, thing. Here we go. And the Peacocky goes to... There's the... Uh, <laughs> that's, he, that's the... That's the Peacocky. Peacocky, by the way. All right. Yes. Yeah, we'll, we'll get him back on. Yeah. So anyway, here we go. Fantasy game of the year. Uh, the winner is... Peacocky goes to... Amari Cooper at Houston Week 16 as well. Well deserved. Jay, I think your point is the most salient here. It happened during the fantasy playoffs, the time that mattered the most for fantasy managers as well. It's the second most fantasy points in a game by any player this season, right? Only one player had more fantasy points. That, of course, was Jamar Chase, who had just, you know, 7.7 more fantasy points in Week 5. But because of the timing of when this happened, to me, it's the fantasy game of the year. I agree. The committee got it right. All right. And with that, we congrats to Amari Cooper, our first winner today of the Peacockies. Worth noting, by the way, the Texans will have a chance to get revenge yes. on Amari Cooper this Saturday at 4.30 on NBC and Peacock as Wild Card Weekend starts off. By the way, yours truly will be on the sideline. There you go. Probably not wearing this. No? You should no. try it. Just I'll think about it. this. Just do it. I'll think about that. So we'll <laughs> see. But anyway, we'll be in, uh, we'll be in Houston uh, excited for that very first uh, game. Uh, Texans-Browns. That'll be a good one. Yeah, we'll be. Our second award, Best Value Pick. And the nominees are Raheem Mostert. With an ADP of RP40, he finishes his RB5 in points per game. Mike Evans, with an ADP of wide receiver 32, he finishes as a top 10 wide receiver. Alvin Kamara, RB30 by ADP, he finished as RB3 in points per game. Michael Pittman Jr., with an ADP of wide receiver 31, finishes as a top 15 wide receiver in points per game. And finally, Sam Laporta, not even taken as a top 20 tight end, and he finishes as tight end 3 in points per game. Yeah, you know, and you can sort of see all these guys obviously well outperformed ADP. You can sort of understand why each one of them dropped. You know, hindsight's being 20-20, but, you know, Camaro coming off the had the three-game suspension and had been bad for two years. And so you just weren't sure how healthy he was, how much of his, how much he was going to be involved with this offense. Michael Pittman, I think the concern was that Anthony Richardson, a rookie quarterback, would be throwing a ton. Sam Laporta, just the concerns about rookie tight ends. And then Mike Evans... Honestly, Mike Evans had been bad for two years, like just relative to his standards. Again, same with Pitt, relative to his his standards as well. Like, you know, so much of Mike Evans' fantasy production came in that week 18, whatever, the last week of the season last year for Evans. And I think people felt like ah, Baker Mayfield, Kyle Trask. I think that's the thing is that everyone just thought that the Tampa Bay offense would be completely submarined by the quarterback situation. Meanwhile, Baker statistically outperformed Tom Brady last yep. year. He's actually an upgrade in, in some ways uh, on Tom Brady. And so Mike Evans, it was kind of the quietest top eight wide receiver season you'll ever see. So I don't think a lot of people paid attention to it, but he was incredible, uh, started hot, and then also had some great games down the street. Yeah, and, then, and same with Michael Pittman. I think the, the, the lesson here is in terms of Evans and Pittman, like when you know... 
when you know there's going to be volume there, regardless of the quarterback play, like volume is volume. I think, again, like Pippen was putting up points with Richardson too, even before Minshew took over after the injury as well. And I think between Laporta and, you know, Trey McBride, young player, not, not a rookie, but, you know, we've seen now rookie tight ends suddenly make an impact as well. Dalton Kincaid, another one as well. Mostert, of course, just people, it was a three-headed monster. People just didn't want to piece of the Miami backfield. I think most of it is a good reminder as well that you just want to buy shares of what you're very confident is going to be an elite offense. Everyone knew that offense would be a monster. We just didn't know who was going to get the volume in it, but most of it did, and as a result, he's a top five running back. Let's take a look at the fan vote for best value pick before we get to the official winner. And the fans, by a wide margin, vote for Raheem Mostert at 61%. The closest runner-up is Sam Laporta at 26%. All right, now let's see who the official Peacocky goes to. Come on out here, Peacocky. This is Peacocky. <laughs> Why? Is hey, come here. Peacocky. Turn around here. Like, look at camera one for me. Let's get a shot of this. <laughs> Hi, yes. how are you? Wow, what a scene. <laughs> Please never send this to Sam Flood. That's all I ask. <laughs> Thank you very much. There you go. Thank you. Good job, Peacocky. That's uh, way more friendly than well, when uh, Will Smith punched Chris Rock in the face. Yeah. right. Big yes. step up. Yeah, yeah, no. We love Peacocky here. <laughs> All right, and the uh, best value picker, you want to do the... Uh, I got you here? open the envelope. Uh, yeah, it's the envelope winner picker. of best value pick is Raheem Mostert. Raheem Much of the fan votes as well. A much-earned Peacocky for Raheem Mostert. What a season it was. Yep, but, that's a runaway. That's tied, like Heath Ledger winning for the Joker. Yeah, yeah I mean, no-brainer no here. The fans got it right <laughs> as well. Tied for the most touchdown score this season with 21. More touchdowns this year than in his first eight seasons in the NFL combined. Entering this year, he had 19 total touchdowns. Touchdowns he finishes with 21. Six different games with multiple touchdowns as well. If you had Raheem Mostert, chances are you won your league or you were in the finals. He was a proud member of Live at Noon on the Cock. He was one of the reasons why. You went Devon Achan in the draft. I went Raheem Mostert. I ended up winning the title and get to wear this ridiculous outfit. I went Pat Frymuth. Yes. Yep. It's a different way to go. Uh, yes. No, most of it was magnificent. Friend of the show as well. Great to see him have success. And have a, I know he got hurt at the end, but also just to stay healthy. This guy's north of five yards per carry. Whenever right. he's healthy and on the he's field, great. he's a monster. All right. Our next category is best waiver wire pickup. So let's take a look at the nominees. Kyron Williams, RB2 in points per game, only 4% drafted. Puka Nakua, wide receiver, 7 in points per game, only 5% drafted. What a year for those two Los Angeles Rams. Jordan Love, QB5, only 12% drafted. Rasheed Rice, wide receiver 15 since week 7, 18% drafted. Trey McBride finishes as tight end 3 since taking over as the starter in week 8. He was undrafted entirely here, guys. Current, well, I mean, the two Rams, to me, are right, the big story. Just And the Rams have been such a story of the season as well, which I think has gotten a little bit overshadowed yeah. by the success that the Texans have had, for instance. But people came into the season thinking that the Rams might have the worst record in football. Like sure. They were in that discussion. They were huge dogs to beat Seattle in week one. And the fact that Puka Nakua did what he did coming out of nowhere, he'll come second in offensive rookie of the year. Kyron Williams is going to get drafted as a top five running back. When we, were thought, we thought that Cam Akers was the guy there. And we also thought that, well, if it's not Cam Akers, it might be like Ronnie Rivers or someone else. Now Kyron Williams just comes in uh, and finishes the season uh, RB2 in points per game, which is incredible. So he would be my pick. Yeah, I mean, listen, it makes a ton of sense, obviously. Like, that's the shocking thing is it's like 
I think people were people were shocked. Why is Sean McVay going back to this? Yeah. Why why did Sean McVay take twenty million dollars or whatever was being offered, rumored, you know, and go call games on Amazon, enjoy a Super Bowl ring, and you know Matthew Stafford with a bad back? Why are you coming back to this bad rebuilding team? And listen, the jokes on all of us that doubted the Rams because they're in the playoffs now with a real shot to play uh, to beat the Lions. Yeah. Like that's a that's a great game, and that'll, of course, be on Sunday night on NBC and Peacock. I'm a company man. Kyron Williams, we thought there would be volume there, cheap volume on the Rams, but we all thought it was going to be Cam Akers, who'd had this sort of weird up-and-down year, but came back and looked like he was going to be the guy. And then not only do they, like, you know, the first game of the season, you're like, uh-oh. Kyron Williams got, like, some of the goal line work, got some of the red zone work. It was, you know, Akers got some work. And then by week two, you were like, oh, yep, it is, you know, Cam Akers is not long for this team, and that's what ended up happening. The other shocking thing to me about Kyron Williams was, like, for a guy that small, for him to get the kind of workload he continually did and, for the most part, stayed healthy this year. Yep. What was Cam Akers? Cam Akers, like, 22 carries for 29 yards in that first game, which they won against the Seahawks. And Connor, I think... A big underrated story of the season, why Kyron Williams is so effective, why Puka Nakua is so effective, is that we thought going into the year that the Rams might have the worst O-line in football. Like, they're right there with the Titans. And that actually became a perfectly good unit, and that just elevated that entire offense. It really did. They drafted Steve Avila. They have great coaching. They have a great run scheme. And they're going to have a chance now with draft picks this year to even build that offensive line up more. I think people were surprised about Puka Nakua. I mean, we talked about him in the preseason. Hey, I know the Rams like him. He's having a strong camp. But... I would be lying if I said I predicted anything close to this. He was just one of those guys like, hey, you should grab him and stash him on the end of your bench because I think he might be usable at some point because I know they like him. Like, that was the advice that I gave in the preseason on Puka Nakua. He winds up as the seventh-best wide receiver in fantasy on a points-per-game basis. While Cooper Cup was being productive, that was the other thing that was kind of a learning thing was that, yes, this offense can still support two fantasy-relevant pass catchers here. want to quickly mention Jordan Love. Like, I mean, at first it was just sort of, it was fluky fantasy production. He didn't look good. And then over the second half of the year, it was legit fantasy production along with, oh, yeah, this guy's an NFL quarterback. This guy is a legit NFL quarterback. And again, he also led the Packers to the playoffs. Statistically, by a lot of measures, we talked about this yesterday, Jordan Love was the fifth best quarterback in the entire NFL as being, as well as being the fifth best fantasy quarterback on a points-per-game basis. I mean, he was, and he did this to point with uh, David Bakhtiari goes down. He was a revolving door receiver. Oh, yeah, no continuity with Christian Watson. So super impressive from Jordan Love. Also super impressive from Rasheed Rice, who just showed flashes the first half of the season. We're always wondering, is it finally going to happen? Why don't they throw it to him more? And they started throwing it to him more, and all of a sudden he's developed into a weapon that you know could be the difference between Kansas City going to the Super Bowl or not. Uh, yeah. He was fantastic the second half. Since week seven, he was the 15th best wide receiver in fantasy football. And if the Chiefs do anything in the playoffs, because it's been a tough road for Kelsey. It's going to be Rasheed Rice and Isaiah Pacheco that make that offense go. And then finally, Trey McBride, once Zach Ertz got hurt, and Trey McBride took over as a starter in week six. He was the third best tight end in fantasy on a team that didn't have, you know, a great season NFL-wise. There was actually a lot of fantasy production. James Conner was great. You know, Kyler was great when he came back as well. And then, of course, Trey McBride, who I think is probably a top five fantasy tight end next year, even with Kelsey back, even with Andrews back. But, you know, Trey McBride was somebody that, uh, you know, just week in, week out, just massive volume. And one guy I would just want to mention here, because there's a couple of guys that could have made this list as nominees, but how about Zach Moss, who's yeah. another guy that like right. everyone's like, oh, it's Jonathan Taylor, but then he was, you know, and people weren't sure is it going to be like Deion Jackson week one because Zach Moss was hurt coming into the year, so Zach Moss was just picked up after, you know, either once Jonathan Taylor was placed on uh, IR or after week one when Deion Jackson does nothing, and like for the first six weeks of the season, like Zach Moss was awesome. 
Yeah. Like he was, and he, he had some moments there later in the season too when JT was hurt. A lot of these waiver wire pickups, I mean, these guys, they lasted the whole year, but I mean, there were moments like Josh Dobbs was a really important yes. waiver wire pickup for people. He won people weeks. Zach Moss as well. He won people weeks for a large stretch of the season. So we forget about them because they tailed off and they didn't end the season, but uh, they were fantastic. For, Tank Dell, for Tank Dell was drafted late in a lot of leagues, but he also wasn't. You know, there are definitely some leagues where Tank Dell was picked up as well. I'm surprised we didn't get a nominee for, I guess, Tajay Spears. I think it's because he never actually got he picked up. He never got picked up. <laughs> right. just he was just, a, he was just he, if we had an award for a guy that stayed on the waiver wire for the longest, they would be Tajay Spears. Like, we begged people. And, best non-rostered player yeah. goes to Tajay Spears. Let's take a look at yeah. the fan vote for best waiver wire pickup this season. Kyron Williams with a big share of the fan vote, 57%, followed yeah. by Puka Nakua at 36%. Not much fan vote for the other three guys. Not wow. a big surprise here. I, Trey McBride not getting more of a vote. I mean, again, it's so hard to find valuable tight ends in fantasy, period, and then just to find one sitting on the waiver wire. And McBride was so consistent week in, week out. It wasn't like just a couple of spike weeks. Like, he just got massive volume. But all right, Peacocky, come on out. Waddle on out here. Flume. What is it when Peacocky, they, they flume? What do they do? What's it that's called an there? Australian band. Thanks, brother. There you go. <laughs> Mr. Croucher. All right, and the Peacocky for best waiver wire pickup goes to Kyron Williams. Congratulations, Kyron. Great season. Right this is the highlight. Uh, right well earned well for Kyron Williams, who we've talked about, guys, is expected to be a first-round fantasy pick and a, you know, like you said, Jay, a top-five running back pick as well. Easy. Are you surprised that he's been able to handle this workload? The workload, yes. And I know he got banged up for a little bit in the middle of the year, but, I I mean, I always loved him as a third-down pass-catching back because he's a great blocker, reliable pass catcher, good contact balance. But this kind of workload, guys, with a consistent 20-plus carries a week after week and never looking to slow down is what shocked me. It is insane because you look at someone like Jonathan Taylor in that Saturday night game and how he's built like a fridge. Right. And it's like, all right, well, that makes sense. That guy can carry the ball 25 times. He's like Kyron Williams. It's, it's incredibly impressive he's been able to sustain. And also they've been willing. He was playing like 100% of the snaps in some of these games. Right. just never comes off the field. It's like him, McCaffrey, uh, Max Crosby does it as well, but, but so few players do But that it. was the knock on McCaffrey coming out of college. Yeah. Like, again, people were, like, surprised. I think Carolina took him at seven overall, and people were like, listen, we know he's a special player, but this guy, he's a gadget player. This is not a guy that can handle a full workload in the NFL. That was the knock on McCaffrey yeah, coming out of size and just overall questions of durability. Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, so it's just, like, sometimes there's it's just fluky. those guys that, like, right. you know, and Kyron Williams has proven he can handle that workload. Um, uh, so congratulations. Uh, I, like I said, I think the committee and the fans got it right. Our next award, the Rookie of the Year, of course, in fantasy football. C.J. Stroud finishes as a top-10 quarterback. Puka Nakua, second nominee in a row here, wide receiver seven. Devon A. Chan, RB5, but did miss six games. Jameer Gibbs, RB7 in points per game. And, of course, Sam Laporta, who finished the year as tight end three here, fellas. What what an impressive rookie class that we don't even have the likes of you know, Tank Dell on this list. Or Rasheed Rice, who's nominated Rice. for a waiver wire pickup. Yeah, I mean, like, there were like there were other guys. Um, Bijan Robinson can't even make the nominees. I mean, that's amazing, right? Think about that. Bijan <laughs> Robinson couldn't even make the nominees. That's yeah. that's what Arthur Smith will do to you. That's amazing. Bijan Robinson is like Arthur plus Smith, 150. Arthur Smith, for, all your, for all your faults, Arthur Smith, you also cost Bijan Robinson a peacocky. For the love of God. A nominee. Not even nominated. Not even nominee. Not even nominated. By the way, I don't have an argument with that. Like no, I sort of like got no case with this list. Bijan Robinson was a, relative to draft position. Bijan Robinson was a disappointment. Rasheed Rice is over Bijan relative yeah. to ADP. I think so, uh, same with Tank. Dale. If Tank Dale has, doesn't get hurt, 
Tank Dell might win this award. Jaden Jane Reed, another guy. Jaden Reed was great. a lot of yeah. great you know, yep. potential here. We forgot with CJ Stroud that no one expected him to be this at all. People, were, people, The Texans yeah. were projected to be the worst team in the AFC, and that was largely because they had a rookie quarterback behind a bad offensive line with, <laughs> at the time, it looked like not that many great skill position players. That changed pretty quickly. But Stroud, an absolute monster, and I think he reminded everyone clearly what he is on Saturday night. If there was a rookie quarterback, everyone was thinking it would be Anthony Richardson, yep. which, by the way, if he had not gotten hurt, Might have been. I think he's... I think he's definitely a nominee. Devon Achan, people, people knew about the talent and the great fit with Miami. We just didn't know what would the workload be with Jeff Wilson Jr. and Raheem Mostert there. Wilson gets hurt, opens the door for Achan. He didn't miss six games, but still, when he was out there, he was special. Took a little while for Jameer Gibbs to get going, but once Dave Montgomery got hurt and they, just, they were forced to go to Gibbs, everyone was just like, oh, oh, there you go. That's, that's why they used, what was it, the 12th overall pick yeah. on Jameer Gibbs? That's why they used the 12th overall pick on Jameer Gibbs. And then again, Sam Laporta as well. Like People were like, why would a team that's like ascending trade TJ Hawkinson, which is what they did last year, and they go out and they fill it with Sam Laporta, and you're like, okay, yeah. we love Hawkinson, but Laporta's just as good. Yeah. HN is in a way the most memorable, even if he's probably not the right winner for this award, just because the way that he, particularly in the Broncos game, but then also other runs that he had where he, just the visual sensation of watching that guy, it reminds me of, remember that playoff game that Colin Kaepernick had against the Packers where he runs yeah. for like 100? It's like, what sport is he playing? It's like right. with a like, like what game is this? This doesn't look like football. He's like gliding along the field, but uh, he was magnificent and great that he is in position to have a good the, playoff. The other, well. you know, the, you know, the game that reminds me, do you remember the Monday night, the Michael Vick yes. Monday night game oh, against Washington? Yeah, I yes. remember. I was actually in the stadium for that yeah. game. I flew yeah. down to Washington to watch them with play. Chip Kelly's tempo. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. I mean, and Michael Vick, like the first, like one of the first plays from scrimmage was like a 90-yard bomb. Sean Jackson. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Sean Jackson. And then, like, he was running all over the field. I think he had six touchdowns that game. Like, just Michael – that was another one where you're just like, he's a video game. Like, yeah. he's playing a different speed than everyone else. They're snapping the ball with, like, 30 on the play clock. Yeah. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. All right, let's take a look at the fan vote for Rookie of the Year, which is, of course, led by – oh. Puka Nakua wow. at 42%. Wow. Beats out CJ Stroud at 38% here, guys. A little, I'm a little surprised. I knew these would be the top two, but. I, I, I'm actually shocked that Stroud gets that much of the fan vote. Again, like NFL wise. Yeah. Right. NFL this wise. Fantasy wise. But fantasy wise, again, in one quarterback leagues where Stroud was quarterback nine, exceeded expectations, but, you know, it was like a borderline QB1. He missed a couple of games yep. as well. Like, just because of the replay, I mean, just it's so hard to find elite running backs. So Gibbs and Achan, who went much later in drafts, even Laporta, again, getting that kind of production out of a rookie tight end who, went, who was drafted outside the top 10 at the position to finish his tight end three in fantasy. I, I'm surprised Stroud got that much of the fan vote. But let's see what the official committee uh, end up. Thank you, Peacocky. Good job. Is it hot in there? Yeah, you're yeah. nodding off camera. Good job. <laughs> a lot of people, yes. Peacocky's not necessarily used to being on TV. <laughs> Um, but uh, the Peacocky for uh, Rookie of the Year goes to Puka Nakua. Rightfully so. Puka Nakua. It means Peacocky. Yes. It does mean Peacocky. He's the only wide receiver with more 100-yard games this year. The only wide receivers with more 100-yard games than Puka Nakua this year. CeeDee Lamb, Tyreek Hill, and Amon Ross St. Brown. Pretty good company to be in. Fourth most receiving yards in the NFL this season, period. He had over 100 receiving yards in three of his first four career games. And obviously... Set the rookie record for receptions and receiving yards. He's literally in the NFL record books, Jay Croucher. Yeah, he's been a monster in any other season. He would be your offensive rookie of the year. And I think he's the clear choice over Stroud because 
One, he peaked at the end of the season, which is the right time for the fantasy playoffs. And Stroud, as amazing as a year as he had, and you brought it up, but, I mean, week 14 to 17, he effectively did nothing because he was either hurt or had that tough game against the Jets. It's not to diminish his season, but fantasy-wise, I mean, Puka Nakua had more receiving yards than A.J. Brown and Jamar Chase. Like, it's That's insane crazy. what he yeah. did. Yeah. yeah, exactly. C.J. Stroud got too many votes for fantasy <laughs> rookie of the year. I have decreed this. All right. With well, let's uh, let's get to a knighting. I'm knighting Connor. Uh, oh, that's an honor. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I swear Sir to Connor. defend you. Yes. All right, Sir Connor. Surprise category number one. Okay, is what I've been told. Oh, best New York <laughs> sports <laughs> analyst <laughs> studio <laughs> nominees. Okay, Alan Hahn. Yeah, he's great. Of course, covers the Knicks. Does a great job. Bart Scott, my teammate yes. at SNY, does yeah, a great sure. job with the Jets. Some Con- fool named Connor Rogers, right. who also covers the Jets. Yes, John just O'Flaherty. Got, just got knighted. Sir from Connor the Yes Network. From the Yes Network. Todd Zeal. Oh, I That's like my him. favorite. I like him. I like <laughs> Todd that. Zeal's the best. I like that Zeal fella. Yeah, Todd Zeal does great work over there at covers SNY. Covers the Mets. Covers the Mets, of course. Wally Zerbiak, who covers the Knicks yes. That makes well. sense. And so, the Peacocky. <laughs> goes to uh, you the can Peacocky. Read this one, there we go. Yeah, I will yeah. as well. Go ahead. T- turn to the camera so they get a full view of you, Peacocky. There we wow. go. Nice job. You look fantastic. There you go. Yes, look at you, fluming. That's right. There you go. Say hi to the lady. Oh, and the best New York sports analyst goes to Connor Rogers. What is that? There you upset go. Win. Well, wow. I personally voted for Todd Zeal. Yes. Just so you know. Yes. But congratulations. I voted Serbiak too. Um, oh, Rogers wow. three. Lots yes. Yeah. Zeal won. Serbiak two. Shocking moment with the NBA. Shocking moment. Yes. NBA. Well, I'm honored, guys. This uh, is for you. Thank you. Your acceptance I, uh, speech. My speech is that uh, it's what a comeback story. Yeah. After yeah. the big loss a couple months ago. Yes. It's uh, I'm very honored and, and yep. talk about a Cinderella moment. Shades of Baker Mayfield turning yeah. it around. Yes. Left, yeah. left the bed. <laughs> comeback host of the year. Yes. 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 He Down lost the Emmy, but yeah. then wins the Peacock. Yes. Which you weigh them. Yeah. Yes. You'd kind of rather have this. I'll tell you what. The Peacocky gets you more free drinks. Yes. I'll tell you that. That's right. And popcorn. Peacocky winners. And popcorn, yep. As always, drink free here at the happy hour. The postseason is upon us, and we're getting it started with three huge wild card games this weekend. It all starts with a Saturday doubleheader. The Browns head to Houston to face the AFC South champs. Then, streaming exclusively on Peacock, Tyreek Hill and the Dolphins face Patrick Mahomes and company in Kansas City. A perfect gift for the Swifty and your family. We're going to break, but we're back. More Peacockies when we return. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Welcome back to the second annual Peacockies. <laughs> Jay, I'll let you take this one away. Best Heathmont College alumnus. Three nominees, Chris Hemsworth, 
Liam Hemsworth, <laughs> uh, and the third Hemsworth brother, uh, Jay Croucher. Right. Yeah. All right. You talk to the kids at Heathmont College about what alumni Thank they're you, most Coffee. proud of. You want me to know? Uh, you, you know, both you Hemsworth happy. brothers, you know, and obviously Jay Croucher gets mentioned quite a bit. This so would be who's the best one? This would be savage if it doesn't say Jay Croucher if the last one said Connor Rogers. That, so this would be, be a twist. Best I Heathmont voted for College Hemsworth. alumnus goes to Jay Croucher. Oh, yes. Wow. Take that, Hemsworths. Oh, and here we go. Sorry, we pulled a Steve Harvey. <laughs> it actually goes to Thor. Thor. Oh, no, that's the correct answer, wow. by the way. That's it. There you Shades go. Shades of La La Land, <laughs> that, Moonlight. That is, you know, this is yeah, exactly. This is Steve Harvey. Harvey. Well, right, you're the new Steve Harvey. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> and look, I'll just, I'll, just, I'll just say this. I think the committee got it right. Yes, no, they fixed up the mistake. I'll cop it. I'll cop it. You'll bounce back. Damn Hemsworth. All right, breakout player of the year. Let's take a look. But, but you know what you could do? Yeah. You know what you could do? Go back. Hank, come back to us for a second, <laughs> Stephen. We'll get back to breakout player of the year. Jay, here's what you should do. Why don't you accept the award on Thor's behalf? Yes. Why don't you just, you know... Take a quick couple minutes and say, you know, give a thank you speech for Thor. <laughs> for Thor. I don't want to give a thank you speech for Thor. I don't like Thor. He, he Thor's lost. my enemy. Yeah, and <laughs> I lost, lost to him. won. No, I'm not gracious at all. I get very upset when I lose things. Yeah. <laughs> well, no. it's, it's, it's funny you did that. When I lost the Emmy, right. Todd wasn't there. <laughs> yeah. Todd, Todd went home for the offseason. So one of my teammates at SMY had to go up and accept the award. Oh, wow. But I'm glad they didn't ask me to <laughs> yeah. do it because I lost. Yes, that would have been awkward. So this is a very similar situation. Very similar. Yeah. Would, you, would you like to accept the award for Thor? No, not really. <laughs> well, I'm an, I'm an Avenger as well, so I will. Yeah, this is perfect In for fact, on behalf of Thor, I would just like to say no honor means more to me today in this one minute than winning a peacocky. Uh, so on uh, uh, Thor thanks all of his loyal fans and uh, everyone that voted for him to win this prestigious peacocky award. In the words of Thor, thank God it wasn't Jay. All right. <laughs> well hail to, hail well to the king. Yes. Back to breakout player of the year. The nominees are. Yes. Kyron Williams. Obvious. Massive season. Puka Nakua. Obvious. I don't know if you heard, he broke the single season record for receptions and yards for a rookie. Raheem Mostert, 21 scrimmage touchdowns. He had 19 career touchdowns entering this season. Right. Nico Collins, over 1,100 receiving yards in 14 games. His previous high didn't even make it to 500. And finally, Rashad White, third most scrimmage yards among running backs through week 17. Yeah, you know what? I I don't know if the voters will do this, if the committee will do this, but I would like to see, like, Nico Collins or Rashad White get some love. It's been a lot of Puka. It's been a lot of Kyron Williams. My guess is that they'll go with one of those. They're kind of the sexy, obvious names here. But it would be nice to honor the Buccaneers offense, the kind of year, very underrated year that Rashad White had, very underrated year that Nico Collins had, because it was all about Tank Dell and then C.J. Stroud. But Nico Collins has become a legit wide receiver one in fantasy, and I think – He'll be, uh, he'll be drafted inside the top 20, 25 overall next year. I don't think you get out of the third round next year without uh, Nico Collins going off the board in most drafts. Feels like he's got upside to come as yeah. well because that offense should get better. They might stop running the ball on first and 10 every yeah. single time as well, which would be handy. Uh, so, no, he, he and Rashad White, they are the two more art house choices, a bit more kind of um, yeah, blockbuster. They're the, the three. they're the Jay Crouchers. Yes, they're the, the Hemsworths. Thors. Yes. They're the Hemsworths That's of true. the world. Yeah, yeah. yeah, no, I am Rashad White. Let's take yeah. a look at the fans' vote before announcing the official winner, and the fans are siding with. Of course, Kyron uh, Williams. Yeah. Puka Nakua. Cool. Kyron cool. Williams takes thirty-five percent. Puka Nakua takes thirty-three percent. Nico Collins got fifteen. I'm surprised Nico Collins gets more votes than Mostert, though. I mean, Mostert was like a special teams guy. He'd never really been 
a featured running back, and this was the guy that you counted on week in, week out when he's out there. Yeah, I don't agree with this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, of, let's see who ultimately let's see who the ultimate the peacocky goes to. Peacocky. Thank you, peacocky. Uh, here we go. Breakout Connor. player of the year officially goes to Kyron Williams. A very uh, Oppenheimer very true. Yeah. run <laughs> for <laughs> yeah. Kyron Williams. Oppenheimer is way better than Kyron yeah. Williams. So. I mean, but but Kyron Williams did. I mean, like he was a backup on a team that we thought was going to be bad, right. and he finishes the year as the number two running back. In fantasy, he was the number two running back on points per game in the final seven uh, seven games of the regular season. He averaged over 20 fantasy points per game in literally half his game. Seven of the 12 games he played this year, he got over 20 fantasy points. He's the first Rams running back to have over 1,000 yards rushing since Todd Gurley in 2018 as well. He was just, I mean, you know, he he was hurt for a little while, which is the only thing that you you could sort of ding him about. But, like, my way, way, way too early top 50 rankings are out. And... Like, I have Kyron Williams as a top five fantasy running back next yeah. year. Like, no. I've, you, you're obviously taking McCaffrey ahead of him. I think you can make an argument for Brees Hall over him, which I have. And I think you could make an argument for Jonathan Taylor over him. But hard to argue anyone else over Kyron Williams based on the year he just had. Yep, absolutely. And that offensive line is in place. Stafford will be back. Kup Nakua on the outside. I mean, it should be Big again. Ben's going to be back, right. Yep, it should be a top five offense. All right, our next category is biggest bust. Uh, Across fantasy football, the toughest peacocky. Nobody wants to come home with this one. The Razzie. Austin Eckler, ADP was RB2, finished outside the top 20 running backs. Tony Pollard, ADP was RB6, finished outside the top 20 running backs. B. John Robinson was drafted uh, very early as a top five back, finished as RB19 in points per game. T. Higgins, ADP of wide receiver 14, he finished as wide receiver 40. Travis Kelsey, our final one, of course, the first tight end taken, a mid-of-first-round pick. Six other tight ends finished within two points per game of Kelsey. Kelsey had a nice year, but the argument for taking a tight end in the first round is that he's going to be so much better than every other tight end, and he just wasn't. Like, he was a very good fantasy tight end, but so was Sam Laporta, so was TJ Hawkinson, so was Mark Andrews while he was healthy, so was George Kittle for a lot of the year, so was Trey McBride when he took over. Like, that was the, that's the reason for Kelsey being on the list as well. Higgins started slow, got hurt, that whole offense. It was just a tough year for the Bengals. You know, Bijan Robinson, the other thing about Bijan Robinson is that Bijan Robinson, not only did he not live up to the billing, but he absolutely killed you in the first round of the playoffs. You know, I have a team that was number one, and I was in a 16-team league, and Bijan was my first-round pick. Like, it, you know, picked 14 in the first round or whatever. And I lost in the first round of the playoffs despite being the number one seed because, whatever, Bijan got less than a full point in that, uh, in that week 15 game. Not to mention, by the way, don't you remember the game that Arthur Smith got fined for? Yes. The, the migraine. migraine game yeah, or whatever yeah. where no one knew that he wasn't going to play. and everyone, So he got a zero there. So just, you know, Bijan hurt you in a number of ways. None of it's his fault. No, and he closed the season better than he, that middle stretch of the year, and I think he's gonna—he's clearly going to be a top-ten running back next year when he goes in drafts, and he should be, and you would expect it's only up for Bijan given the talent is undeniable. Some of these other guys, my choice here would be Tony Pollard, just sure. given that I thought there was a chance that he could be the number-one overall player in fantasy, 
and he doesn't get hurt, and he's on an elite offense where his quarterback has an MVP caliber season, and he finishes outside the top 20 for running backs on points per game. That's insane. I didn't think that was possible. Yeah, because like you think about Eckler, but you know Eckler got hurt to start yeah. the season, and then the, the whole season just went down the tubes for the Chargers. Like Herbert got hurt, Keenan Allen misses time, they lose Mike Williams in the middle of the season. Like it just, it was, you know, and then they ultimately lose Herbert for the year. And it just the whole thing was just a disaster. Obviously, Brandon Staley gets fired midway through the year as well. So it was a, the Chargers. It was a lost year for that whole team. But for the Cowboys, where everything went right, and Tony Pollard stayed healthy all year, for him not to produce on an offense that produced in every other facet, and it's not like he lost his job. Tony Pollard got opportunities, just didn't do much with him. So I'm with you, Jay. That would be my choice. Let's see what uh, the fans did here. As we take a look at the fan vote for biggest bust, Austin Eckler leads wow. the pack with wow. 55% oh, come on. That's, of the guys, Harsh Guys, Eckler's one of us. <laughs> Eckler's a fantasy manager, too. I don't Eck- agree with I this. I don't agree with this as well. Eckler wasn't up to his usual standards as well, but, like, again, I think he was hurt and, uh, yeah. Okay, I, the fans got it wrong. <laughs> Let's see if the committee actually got it right. Thank you, Peacocky. Good job. Biggest there you go. Best. I like the praying motion here. All right. The, the peacocky for biggest bust goes to Tony, Tony Pollard. There we go. Pollard. Ah, there you go. Good the job, committee, committee got it right. Yes. The committee got it right. What's wrong with the you, fans? fans? Florida State, but no, no, no. <laughs> the committee got it right. Jalen Milrow gets in. Yeah, a thousand percent. Tony Pollard. Look, he had 71 red zone touches this year. 71, Jay. Yeah, it's He a scored lot. only five touchdowns on those touches. Under 80 rushing yards in every game this year except one. Single-digit fantasy points in every single round of the fantasy playoffs as well. Weeks 15 through 17, he averaged just 6.3 fantasy points per game. He is clearly the fantasy bust of the year. Tough scene watching him just get stuffed at the line over and over again. Yeah. yeah. And look, some of it was, I don't think the O-line was as good as a run-blocking unit this year. And also, he left plays on the table. Think about that pass over the middle. He dropped against Detroit a couple of weeks ago. They did good at taking 60 yards to the house. Tough year for Tony Pollard. Hopefully he is better off of the broken leg and with another year. Right, but the thing of it is, is that when you think about all those red zone touches that he got, yeah. Tony Rico Dowdle, who got significantly less red zone touches, scored basically the same. Yeah. Like, I mean, just, again, and I'm not saying Rico Dowdle's great, but Rico Dowdle on many, on much less red zone touches, basically produced the same as Tony Pollard, who got more than double his amount of work in the red zone. So I just, you know, same offensive line, same play calling, yeah. You know, anyway. On a more positive note, how about the fantasy MVP? And the nominees are Christian McCaffrey. Wow, I'm not on this list. Mr. (laughs) RB1, Tyreek Hill, Mr. Wide Receiver 1, CeeDee Lamb, Wide Receiver 2, Josh Allen, QB1, Jalen Hurts, QB2. Yeah, all these guys were awesome. I mean, you can make an argument for should Raheem Mostert or Puka Nakua or Kyra Williams, people that not only produced but cost you so little. But, you know, these are the guys that just, you know, Tyreek, my guy Aitz, Lamb and Hurts, in a year that was down for a lot of quarterbacks, those guys were the top two taken in most drafts, and they produced that way. And, of course, Christian McCaffrey is just Christian McCaffrey once again. Just ever since he got to San Francisco, he's been, he's been the best player in fantasy, period. Yep. The only thing with McCaffrey is that Week 17 didn't really have his best game. So in terms of the playoffs, perhaps not. And uh, he was good a couple of weeks before that. But I think still he would be the choice just because he was the number one player in fantasy. Yeah, I think it's – my guess is it has to be – and by the way, just you talk sort of about value. People were able to get McCaffrey in the middle of the first yeah. round because they were going with Jefferson, Jamar Chase. I saw some leagues where Cooper Cup went ahead of him as well. So people were you know, sort of scared off by the injury history that had happened previously. So there was a little bit of value to McCaffrey. Wherever you, if you didn't draft him number one overall, 
you made profit on Chris McCaffrey. Let's see where the fans vote. As we take a look at the fans vote here, which is led by there Christian McCaffrey, wow. 73% of the votes. Jalen Hurts with an all-time Under 1%. What fan votes Come on. low. I agree, I agree with the fans. I like that CeeDee Lamb was the runner-up, by the way. I think CeeDee Lamb has a good case when you consider where he was drafted. I call him eights, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah well, you're his friend. So. Yeah, we're buddies. All right, let's we're get the house, official yeah. winner. Here we go. There we Here's go, the peacock. There we go. Up. The peacock for the fantasy MVP. I like, the, I like that, you know, there's like string holding his... his uh, <laughs> it's packed together. Yeah, here you go. Here's All right. <laughs> <laughs> fantasy That's MVP awesome. goes to... Christian McCaffrey, of course. Deserving winner. CMC, a very yes. deserving no winner. Controversy. The committee got it right. Yes. Well done, He's on fire. Well done. Yeah, look, he's the only running back with multiple games of 40 or more fantasy points as well. There were three games this season where he didn't have over 100 yards from scrimmage. Just three. Every other game, he had at least 100 yards from scrimmage. Most scrimmage touchdowns in the NFL. He was tied for the lead there. Actually had a career high in rushing yards this year. For CMC, concerns in the preseason about, oh, would Elijah Mitchell take some of the work away? And Elijah Mitchell got hurt a lot. So, But the concerns about the injury and also the splits between what he was without Mitchell on the field versus what he was, I think, again, depressed his draft day price. He ended up going in the middle of the first round. But number one running back in fantasy, number one player in fantasy, my way too early top 50. He's the obvious number one overall for 2024. Yep, very deserving. And when people talk about running backs not mattering in football. Christian McCaffrey is the prime example of why they do and the, what he gives you in the receiving game, both in real life and fantasy, is what separates him and makes him one of the great running backs of the past 20 years. All right. Let's move over to fantasy playoffs. Yeah. MVP. Playoffs. The playoffs. nominees are C.D. Lamb, led all players in fantasy points weeks 15 to 17. Christian McCaffrey averaged over 26 points per game in that same stretch. Amon Ross St. Brown, the only non-quarterback with 20-plus points in all three playoff rounds. Ride or die, Mr. Consistency. Kyron Williams, 23.7 points per game in that Week 15-17 to 17 stretch. And, of course, Lamar Jackson, the real-life NFL MVP, led all quarterbacks in scoring in Weeks 15-17, to 17, capping it off in Fantasy Championship Week with a 36-point performance that probably won a lot of people a title this year. Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. I mean, that 36-point that game for Lamar in Week 17 just clinched it. CeeDee Lamb, obviously, with the monster game against Detroit as well. So, you know, boy, there were a lot of, um, lot of good nominees. Any one of these I would – by the way, Kyron Williams, again, almost 24 points per game over the playoffs. Like, Kyron Williams just kept producing as well. I'm curious uh, how the fans voted. Well, let's take a look then, how the fans voted for the Fantasy Playoffs MVP. As you see, C.D. Lamb. Oh, my guy, eight. 54% <laughs> of the votes are runaway yeah. with the fans here. With the Monroe St. Brown as the runner-up yep. 22%. He's my fantasy ride or die. Um, uh, so... You know, I'm gonna. I, I personally would vote for Amon Ross St. Brown. He's my ride or die. He's my ride or justification die. for that. Sandy Lamb literally scored more points than everyone else. Yeah, but he's cutting dry. He was the first. No, 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 no. Yeah. Amon Ra, Amon Ra uh, was the only non-quarterback with 20 or more fantasy points okay. in all three playoff okay. rounds. The consistency every single week, sure. even every single round through the playoffs, Amon Ross St. Brown came through for you. That's he's okay. the only non-quarterback. Yep. Well, let's see who took home. Let's the see award. who took to home. Be very proud, peacocky. Look at you. Look at these. By the way, look at the look at what's going on here with this. I, what, what, what is, I don't think this is a regulation outfit. Way. All right, there we go. Fair enough. All right. 
<laughs> yeah, fine. fine. I don't know what that was. Right. Should I call HR? Did I just get hit by a peacock? <laughs> Fantasy Playoffs MVP goes to Amon Rasem Brown. Unbelievable. The committee can be bought. Yeah, we'll say that once again. The committee gets it right. Yes, fantastic. <laughs> I have ruled that the, <laughs> the committee is correct. Look at Amon Rasem Brown. Just getting in there. Not since uh, Crash went over Brokeback Mountain. Uh, <laughs> has anyone been so screwed than CD Lamb in the awards race? I will. T- I, I have decreed this is correct. This is awesome. You, you know, take to your dark web, argue about it on Reddit, Jay Croucher. But the dark fact web. of the matter the is, is that Ross St. Brown had nine different games with 100 more receiving yards, most in the NFL. Here's the entire list of wide receivers with 1,500 receiving yards and 10 touchdowns this year: Tyreek Hill, Ceedee Lamb, Amon Ross St. Brown. I said at the beginning of the year that Amon Ross St. Brown should be considered an elite fantasy wide receiver. It's my ride or die but he's not considered that same elite territory. And now, obviously, he finally is. The crowning achievement is of a great career, his peacocky. Well done. Unbelievable. I'm shocked Sam Howe didn't win this award or RG3's rookie season didn't win this award. <laughs> they were nominated. They were certainly nominated as well. But I'm on Ross St. Brown. He's getting it. We're, get, we're fitting him for a ring for, you know, for Live at Noon of the Cock. He was on the team. Uh, him and CeeDee Lamb. But, uh, yeah, listen, the consistency is what, you know, every week. We close every- out with some surprise categories. Best food Barry consumed on live TV. Yeah. The nominees are 25 Chicky Tendies, okay. 30 Bavarian-style pretzel sticks, 5 gallons of free popcorn, or 3 dozen Dollaritas. Alright, All right, there we go. Here's the, uh, here's the peacocky. You're not allowed to talk, right? No, you're not. No, you're, yeah, you're looking at me. Okay, yeah. You're, yeah. Ooh, look at what's, what's in my belly. Yeah. All right. Um, well, stay here, Peacocky, for this uh, last award here. Best food Barry consumed well, on live television. Hang on. What do you think the fans would Live vote? television. The Dollaritas. Fans the Dollaritas. Oh, okay. The Dollaritas. I mean, like, I love the popcorn, but I, I feel like the Dollaritas got to be the... You enjoy Dollarita, Peacocky? <laughs> he's not sure if he's, he's lied to brand-wise. All right, fair enough. The, the winner is yeah. three dozen Dollaritas. Yeah, let's go. Oh, Served to you yeah. by Applebee's. Yes. Very, very disturbing. at Applebee's. You know what they don't serve at Applebee's is Peacock. That's right. You could walk in there say, Oh, this oh. is my favorite category. <laughs> Most <laughs> thrown under the bus this season. The nominees are producer Adam. Penn State Blake, <laughs> producer Pete. Backup producer Pete. Stupid Dev. Yeah, our graphics guy. Stupid Pro- Dev. Producer Damien. Yeah. Producer Steven. Our main producer Steven. Dan in Mexico. Yep. And our final nominee <laughs> is Party City. Party City. That's right. Well, this is why I'm wearing this ridiculous outfit. Producer Adam, of course. That's uh, alternate producer Adam. Oh, Who Penn do you State think Blake. this is? Uh, Penn yeah, State. We should come here, Blake. Get on yeah. Penn State Blake, come on out here. See if it's you. Uh, <laughs> This I'm is Penn State Pete, Blake, who's our researcher. Penn State Blake had a tough year. I mean, he stupid had a tough Dev. Year too. Stupid Dev had a pretty Dev, tough Dev, year as well. Dev, Dev had a lot of airtime. His name is literally <laughs> Stupid Dev. Yes. Dev had a lot of airtime. All right, most runner of the bus this season. The Peacock, he goes to Penn State Penn Blake. Congrats, Penn State Blake. Yeah. Well, yeah. Earned. well earned. Well earned. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. What a great achievement. Yeah. What a great achievement. The Academy really nailed that And let's just say that anything that I got wrong on the show the entire year is the entire fault of Penn State Blake and faulty research. Blame him, Blake Friedman. Here you go. Uh, Your Eagles are going to lose in the first round of the playoffs, yes. too. Go Eagles. Yeah. Very close to the season, Probably. There you go. There we go. All right. All right. Thank At least you, the Flyers are their best prospect there's, in the last three Keep decades. running, and there's a bus that's coming by in a couple minutes there. Just ah, run we'll be back. <laughs> Some bets coming your way. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. 
jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio, and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Don't forget on DraftKings Sportsbook this playoffs. New customers can bet $5 and pocket $200 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, all customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. Download the app and use the promo code Barry when you sign up. DraftKings Sportsbook, the the crown crown is yours. yours. Yes. It is time for last call. The crown is, in fact, yours. As we look at the Super Bowl championship odds here fellas jay what do you like as your best bets for the playoffs futures so my best bet at the moment is lamar jackson to win super bowl mvp which is plus 380 on DraftKings. Uh, and the reason i like this bet is that the ravens to win the super bowl waving the scepter is uh plus 310 and lamar is plus 380 to win super bowl mvp so that means if you think lamar is more than an 85 percent chance to win mvp if the ravens win the super bowl then lamar is the better bet I think there is just about no player in history more likely to win Super Bowl MVP on their team than Lamar Jackson, given he is the entire offense. It would take Kyle Hamilton having like three picks to beat Lamar Jackson, uh, given how integral he is to that team. And if it's ever a close race, it goes to the superstar quarterback. Yep. What about you, Matthew? I like that call. How about uh, Amon Ross St. Brown to lead the NFL in receiving yards during the playoffs at plus 650? Now, they're going to have to get past the Rams here, but you know what I mean? Like, the fact is, is like taking somebody from the Ravens or the Niners because they miss a game because of the bye, the extra game there, if you think the Lions go far and they, they're going to they're gonna have a tough matchup against the Rams, but that's a bad secondary, especially with the injury to Sam Laporta. I think Amon Ross Brown, St. Brown gets a ton of receiving yards. I'll take him at plus 650. One for me, Brock Purdy being the passing yards leader at plus 700. It's obviously valued that way because of the bye week. He's got to get to the Super Bowl, but we know what kind of high-octane offense this could be under Kyle Shanahan. One thing, guys, why we've been handing out the peacockies. Mike Rabel fired is the the words we have seen Hmm. from multiple sources. Just shocking to me. Now, this is for me and Rappaport. His wording was... He will not return in 2024 as both sides will move on after six seasons. But I want to note that both Adam Schefter and Diana Rossini, who ESPN and The Athletic, have used the word fire. Either way, Mike Vrabel is no longer going to coach the Titans, and he'll be a hot coaching candidate. I would love him on the Commanders. Yeah. I think he makes a lot of oh, sense if the, if the Patriots move on from Bill Belichick, if that situation becomes – he. Rappaport's right. He will be one of the top candidates involved. I'm shocked that the Titans are doing this. He won Coach of the Year two years ago. He got a team with Ryan Tannehill and no Derrick Henry to one seed. Yeah, I mean, they, they always play tough for him as well. Like, just an idea. He goes to Atlanta, retains Arthur Smith as his offensive coordinator, signs Derrick Henry to make a committee with him and Bijan and Algier. They've already got John U. Smith there. Just, I'm throwing it out there. Just think about it. It's closing time. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. Peace out. We love you, Peacocky. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and 
starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 